Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. I made a promise during the recording of this episode, and I just want to bring it back up, that I would have some links to a couple of Batleth moments for you. We talk about the Batleth all, kind of a little bit in the episode. We do. And I and during that, I promised to show a couple of links uh, off of YouTube. And we've got them on our site, so uh, go visit there. Uh, but I want to talk about one or two of them right now because they're one of them is just awesome. It's got like 96 views in seven years or something like that. So not a lot of views. And it was the Klingon Batleth drill team that some... <laughs> cosplay group of Klingons came up with and they performed this drill team thing. It's not the most elegant thing in the world, but damn it, they worked hard on it. And I want to double their viewership. They've got 96 views as of when I found it. Let's pump them up to over 200. So go to our website, find this link, um, the Klingon Batleth drill team. It'll be in the show notes for this episode. Uh, I will put that up there and then I will watch that too, because that sounds like fun. We had another one too, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to show this one too. It's it's short, but from the uh, from the uh, next generation, there's a, a very short moment where um, Worf is showing Alexander his son the Batleth, he, and he takes it down off the wall and puts it in Alexander's hands, and then takes it from him, and then he does this really cool move where he like makes it a part of his own arm, and you can kind of get the grace of that. It's short, but it's a great moment. Cool. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should probably we should probably introduce ourselves. We just started talking about the Batleth. So I'm Jessica. I'm the newbie. This one was the I think my first time seeing a Batleth. So all of the, I will try not to go down a rabbit hole of Batleth in on YouTube and save some of it. But this episode that we're doing, Blood Oath, had my first view of Batleth. Yeah, yeah. It actually showed up originally in The Next Generation, and Worf uses it a lot, and um, the Klingons, there's a, there's a few fun hand-to-hand, well, Batleth-to-Batleth battles in The Next Generation, but in Deep Space Nine, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's all kinds of Klingons coming up, and they got all kinds of knifey things. <laughs> cool. So, clearly veteran of the Star Trek. Oh, I should say, I'm Andy. I'm the... Uh, <laughs> Hello. I, boy, I get talking about Klingons and Batleths and stuff like that, and I just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. My name is Andy. I am the Trek veteran, uh, part of Beginning the Trek, and you have arrived on episode 32, Deep Space Nine's Blood Oath. In which the older Klingons join up with Jadzia Dax. Original series uh, Klingons come back to uh, join the Deep Space Nine crew for, uh, and especially Jadzia for an epic adventure. Although you don't have to have watched the previous ones, which we did mention in our episode thirty-one. In rules, in the at the end of Rules of Acquisition, we talked about the original series episodes that you could watch, but it's not necessary if you're watching this one. Because it stands on its own, totally. But I will say, if this is your first time with us, you may want to consider going back to the very beginning and and listening to Beginning the Track from Episode 1 and starting your journey there, because then you'll get to meet some of these people and some of these situations. Otherwise, we're going to talk about Blood Oath today, mm-hmm. and the 10-sentence synopsis belongs to you, Jessica. I believe I am ready to 
well, ruin this episode. Don't be ridiculous. It's a wonderful episode. (laughs) Three Klingon warriors have shown up on Deep Space Nine to find Curzon Dax and take him along to finally get vengeance on the albino who murdered their sons. While the drunk female love and core and the generally angry Koloth are cool with Curzon now being Jadzia, Kang, with the distinct voice, says she has no obligation to her previous host's promises. Jadzia herself struggles with whether or not she should go through with murder, or is it just regular Klingon justice, but decides to stay loyal to Curzon's oath. Sisko is not a fan of Curzon's original decision or Jadzia's decision now to up and leave and almost says she's going to lose her Starfleet position if she runs off and does this. Jadzia heads off anyway with the three, and we discover that Kang didn't want her there mostly because he'd already made a deal with the albinal to, well, basically die. No, Jadzia says, I have no intention of dying today, and comes up with a plan that'll at least give the four the chance they need. Commence the battle. Koloth is killed fighting the guards, and Kor is wounded, but Kang and Dax manage to make it to the albino. Jadzia disarms him and either hesitates or possibly purposefully gives Kang the time to deliver a kill shot. Jadzia then comes back to the station with no real consequences for running off except a little side-eye. Just a little side-eye, and then he walks away. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, we will. (laughs) Let's get to it. Shall we talk Blood Oath? We should talk Blood Oath, because there's a lot to talk about Blood Oath. Why don't you start? (gasps) I don't have the thing that I was going to rate it with. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, I know what I was going to rate it with. Three out of five of those rounded, knifey sword weapons. The Klingon Batleth. Batleth, sure. Yes, the Klingon Batleth. I'm going to learn how to spell all of these things. B-A-T apostrophe Leth. L-E-T-H. I'll I'll go look it up. Memory Alpha is here for me. I was going to be so clever. (laughs) So clever. And then I... I'll just sound it out, Jessica. Just sound it out. But but it is a contraction. It is a contraction. Yeah, so are the Cardassian names and so are the, like, Klingon stuff. It's just... Yeah, you've complained about sci-fi names in the past. What are you going to do? Call them all Joe and Sam and Sally and stuff? I think we've talked about that. We have. It's a Batleth. He was do- he was at the Battle of Clock de Calbracht. Still not winning any battles, even in a hollow suite. That's a little sad. But before, if we're going to talk about the hollow suite, um, you had mentioned that Odo and Quark aren't actually angry at each other, that they're mostly the McBickersons. And I totally got to see that. I, it was a... It was a, I know it was just a setup to what was to come, but they the had- The opening moment. The opening moment where- Yeah, where Quark and Odo are, the guys uh, locked himself in the hollow suite. The guy uh, was Kor. Kor, yep, okay. Kor, from, from Errand of Mercy. Yes. So the one I, the one we know, if you've been following along, you watched with me, yes. uh, we saw him. But anyway, Quark and Odo uh, totally have some moments and Odo gets very eye rolly at Quark and it's, it's, it's cute. It's not angry. Yeah. Oh, it's, isn't it wonderful? He, he'll kill you. No. No, he'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. And those were kind of like, this was a very alien heavy, guest star heavy thing because we didn't see Bashir. Cisco uh, gets a little bit of a moment and Kira gets a little bit of a moment. Cork and Odo get their little bit of a moment. And that's like 
this isn't about them. This is about Jadzia and the Klingons. Most everybody gets at least one scene, or most of them get one scene, usually with Dax mm. uh, or the Klingons. Odo gets a little bit more because he's dealing with them, and he has his little, what does he call it, a Klingon afternoon? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm complaining about that. Although he does apologize when he finds out the guys are... Uh, of the Dahar Master? Dahar Master, yes. Which yeah. What does that mean? Go ahead and tell me. The Dahar, so, so, oh boy, that's the one you're going to ask me about. So I didn't research Dahar Master as much as I should have. Damn it. Oh. You know, like you might equate it to a ninja or to a samurai or, and I'm not like talking about philosophy. I'm just talking about like a discipline. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So gotcha. Are they the only ones who use the bat lift? No. No. Everybody gets to use the batleth. Most of the most Klingons are at least in some way trained in the batleth. Um, there are some some pretty big batleth battles. In fact, one's coming up. We got one coming up here in Deep Space Nine, a real big one. Okay. Uh, so you you dug the batleth? It sounds like. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was interesting. I don't think it's the most elegant of weapons. It had like the Tai Chi movements of some of the stuff, so that was cool. Like making yeah. making circles of your body and the or when when you when we saw them uh, now I'm I'm getting ahead of myself because I really did want to address the westernness of this episode because it was very cool a lot more action than we've seen in the past um, yes and I I dug that before when I was like oh I'm a little bit tongue tied about getting to this it's because they are the 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 retired gunslingers is what they are right they are the old um yeah the ones who just have made it this far they've they, right. they've, they've taken out everybody that uh has has come up against them they're a, a klingon warrior that makes it to over a hundred years old is absurd you know the, especially one that has been fighting and these guys have been Fighting while Kor has been a little drunk to be fighting, but <laughs> sure, they, you know, not none of them shy away from battle. So they've been winning battles for many, many decades now. Yeah, but they've also done the thing where they created the peace a little bit, and with uh, not Jadzia but Kurzon, because this is a big deal. Kurzon's thing with these three is that he was the first one to go into right I'm, I'm reading the history yeah. that they talked about correctly yeah uh, he was the first one to go in there and negotiate a peace so between kirk who never gets a call out in this episode which if you haven't seen the original series and you don't know who these guys are it still works because they but there aren't any like or from what i saw i didn't see any clever like hey nope. kind of remember when things it was no, just and, and, and i'll be real honest i was really glad that they didn't that they didn't reference, even though we're looking at, we're looking at three guys that were all on the, or were all involved with the Enterprise and with Kirk at, mm -hmm. at one point. The fact that they never actually mentioned him, especially since next episode, we're going to mention Kirk. <laughs> there's, oh, okay. There's a mention okay. of Kirk coming in your next episode. Sometimes they go overboard with peppering us with, see, look, we're Star Trek. We did this. We're this. Right. We're this. And right. it was nice to not force it. There was no reason to bring up Kirk at right. all. It wasn't a part of the story. Unless you could yeah. make some awkward, hey, remember that time that we all got beat by that guy? Right, right. But there's no reason to do that. And it's, uh, So I I liked that. My 
my prediction that Dax was going to be uh, the one on the run because she was going to have the one who had the blood oath against her was totally wrong. She actually joins them. Yeah, you were on the you were on the wrong side, or she was on the wrong side in your prediction. Yes, or we're all on the good side. Bad side? I don't know. Was she justified? I don't know. Yeah. Let's talk about Dax. I don't okay. know. Okay. Uh, Because I want to know why this is considered murder and other things aren't. You're not asking me that question, are you? (laughs) That's a pretty loaded question. Your thoughts on this giant topic. Andy, weigh in. (laughs) Right? Get yourself into trouble here. When is it murder and when is it justifiable? Um, Sure. Okay, within the realms of Star Trek and TV. Let's make it more specific. Let's not go into, like, war in general in real life. Well, and, And maybe it's not even TV, but how about storytelling? When, okay, when sure. is, and as storytelling goes, sometimes seems to be how we are in society. Tales of vengeance, where we're avenging the loss of something that we, the audience, would have held dear because the characters, we were sympathetic to those characters. Mm-hmm. We tend to not look at that as murder. We tend to look at that as justifiable. I mean, it comes down to, I guess it comes down to motivation. I don't know. See, and I think it comes down to, at the at the very end of it, it completely comes down to, is the other guy holding a gun or a weapon of any sort? Because if he is, it's not murder. And if he's not, totally murder. Hmm. In TV, at least, that seems to be, which is really interesting because that's the when they flip it and, they ha- and then the bad guy says, yeah. pick up your sword or whatever, because you hear that in all a bunch of times, then he's not murdering you. He's fighting for something that's okay. just in his mind. So, so was this murder? Was killing the albino murder? Uh, I have a previous question before I can answer that. I mean, I, I noticed how much I skirted the question of my thoughts. Mm, yeah, nicely done. <laughs> killing, killing another another human, and I'm going to assume that killing another mm, all aliens are wh- humans. What makes murder murder? Killing a sentient being. Is killing a sentient being mm-hmm. being enough to call it murder? What about killing a pet? Ugh. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there either, especially since this, we can talk about, I mean, yes, that's a really interesting question and it's a big one, but not for this one. I'm going to say that the albino was bad. Mm-hmm. It's a very bad guy. You know how I knew the albino was bad? Because he murdered children? Well, I, here's how I knew, because when I was watching it just the other day, and Kang shows up, the third of the three Klingons, and the first thing he says is, I have found the albino. My first reaction is, cool, let's kill him. <laughs> so I feel like that emotion was very manipulated. I don't know why yet. I'm sure you'll tell me why. I could tell this is going to be a three Klingons and Dax go kill the albino thing or fight the albino. Which is... And I was in. Yeah, which is what makes it a Western. Which is what makes it a right. Western. Right, things are symbolic, yes, but they are exactly what they are, which is great. However, they flipped the Western on their head when they threw in Dax, Jadzia Dax. I got to... Like, make the distinction between which one I'm talking about sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When she has to go to a gray area, they make it less of a Western, which I really enjoyed because it's Star Trek, but I didn't like for this story because it's a Western. I think that having it go the way it did, and we'll get to the part where there's no consequences later, 
mellowed the story so much that it took away all of the impact of it being exactly what it was as a Western. So instead of enhancing it, I think it distracted from it. Oh, interesting. And that's why I was like, this is a really great episode. And it's not a five out of five for me. Interesting, because because what I like, and I like I like this very much as a Dax episode, because you get a lot of character growth for her. And remember, mm-hmm. we're still in the second season, right? So I, we got to find out more about that clean slate that these trills are supposed to have when they move into a new into a new symbiont. Once again, got tested severely, tested mm-hmm. more so than in Dax, or at least as much. There, there was every justification for for Dax and for Jadzia to not go. And yet there was that loyalty and that I took that oath and that oath transcends my body. I love learning about that about her. I thought it was really interesting because given the one that I... Because uh, I did watch Dax, mm-hmm. the episode where it's kind of measure of a man, only... Not quite, but right. it's, is she is she responsible? They put her on trial for an alleged crime committed by a former host. Right. But I think part of that was to set up that we're not going to be holding Jadzia to all of these things. And part of that was probably because the complexity of how many lives that that symbiont lived, uh, you'd have people forever bringing up stuff. Which which gets mentioned. Maybe yeah. that was a story. Right. Um but here, I totally accepted it, because not necessarily because of the conviction of the oath, which they made a really big deal about, but they didn't really make a big deal about the emotions of what's behind that. So when Cisco comes to her and says, he's, in part he's talking to Curzon because he's like, I can't believe you made this oath. And then he's talking to Jadzia and he's like, I can't believe you think you're going to follow through on this. Yeah. But what she doesn't come back with, and I think would have made it a little bit more better, is instead of, I take this oath seriously, even though it wasn't me, which seems a little weak, is what would you expect me to do if somebody killed your son? Like, Jake falls over. You bet your ass Jadzia's going to do something. She's going to go, you know, I thought that was much more powerful. So I kind of made that her thing, because she does talk about how this is my godson, but they didn't push it. I think nearly the emotions, they didn't push nearly as hard as the loyalty, which maybe that was Mm. Curzon's way of expressing the emotions was through that loyalty. You bring up a real, I mean, that's a huge, huge point, like a little gap there. And I like the way that you filled it in for yourself. I did (laughs) a little bit. It was there. It was there. Just not the point that they made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't told to us, and you had to make that leap on your own. So far, you've gotten to see very little of of you know the Dax, the the Trill, and you know some of that backstory. And I just I I wonder if Dax is a unique host as far as hosts go, right? Do, because some of these Trills seem kind of stiff to me when we run into them and they've got their little rules and their little courts and their, you know, and, and I'm going to mention an episode, um, called playing God. It's a second season episode about, in fact, I'll mention it now playing God. Uh, I was going to talk about some Dax episodes during talking track, but I'll bring this one up now. Um, where Jadzia interviews a prospective host 
Already? No, a prospective host for another trail. Oh, okay. I was like, isn't she supposed to be very, very long-lived? So, so what you okay. learn is there's a training process. There's an interview process. They have gotcha. to go through an application. And and she's, she's hard on this guy. But it's a lot of her thinking back to when she was Curzon. Mm-hmm. And thinking of how Curzon was incredibly hard on her as well. Sure. Uh, and actually, Curzon rejected her from the program. Irony. Tough, tough master. Irony of ironies, but she she persisted. I think she's a unique trill. She, or or no, I think Dax is, I can't even say she, because I'm not sure what sex the symb, or the It doesn't matter. Is. No, because... Dax has been a mother and a father, has mm-hmm. has loved in both directions. There are mm-hmm. episodes where um, Dax gets involved with a female. Uh, this was back in the 90s. So, you know, hey, on television, we're, we're pushing those boundaries, too. I, I just think that Dax is a unique, a unique host with loyalties and with curiosity beyond most. I think that you're absolutely right. And I think that that's what makes her for me. I don't know where she goes from here, but for me right now, she's at her best as a character when she's a little bit sarcastic, Mm -hmm. a little bit whimsical and Mm -hmm. a lot adventurous and open. Yeah. She gets to be the one that's super curious about aliens and totally willing to dive in and, and, uh, it fits completely Mm -hmm. and it plays opposite Kira. I think really well. But we should talk about the interaction that those two had. Yes, that's uh, wow. The the how many Cardassian how many Cardassians did you kill? No, like preamble. By the way, shouldn't nope. like butter Kira up or take her out. Like be like, hey, I want to talk about something kind of serious. It was just like, so you murderer. Yeah, <laughs> Kira's like, whoa. <laughs> well, let me tell you sort of vaguely about that. Give you a. Pretty fair warning. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty good scene. I didn't like, this is the first time I think I've actively noticed stage play because it seemed like the two of them weren't having a conversation. The two of them were like stomping around the room and it was really distracting. I wish it would have just been the two of them opposite having this really intense interaction. And instead, like, they turn away from each other, and then they have this thing, and they turn away from each other, and then, and it's just like, ah, this is like, is this 90s drama? What is, why are they doing this this way? I'm not a film nerd, but that one, like, bugged me. It felt like fake drama when there was enough real drama in the scene between the two actors. Yeah, you're talking about the way that the sh- the, the scene was directed. Um, okay. And, and you're talking very specifically about the cinematography, how they how they set them up. They were talking to each other. There was a lot of Dax talking to the back of Kira's head. Yes. And then Kira... And, and those shots are set up so that we can see the faces of both people during the conversation. And... Oftentimes, they're done in a way that the audience doesn't even realize that it it's ridiculous that they are done that way. Right. You're saying it didn't work for you. Okay. This time. This time. Well, there was one particular where Kira's face is in focus. Yeah. Very, very much in the foreground. And then isn't. And then is. Right. I liked that. But like everything else around, because it was really intense and it totally fit the conversation. But, uh, but the, it was the, like the stomping around bit that I was just like, stop it guys. (laughs) Like you're distracting me from the actual conversation. And it was, it was just a little thing. 
I don't want to. I don't want to notice. You don't want to. And I, I'll be honest. I, it was something I didn't really notice, but you will but, now. Well, and, and sorry. As I re, as I re, no, I can replay it in my head, and I know exactly the shots you're talking about. And I'm not going to go back and watch it for that. No way. You go back and watch it for way other things. I'll go back and watch it to watch the cool, cool Batleth fight battle. between between Dax and and uh, Koloth. Oh, that's the battle. Not even the battle. The battle battle with the albino. You like the you like the hollow battle. There's some cool moves in there. And these two actors, neither of these two actors had ever picked up, as far as I know, had ever picked up a Batleth prior to it. So not bad for trying to look like they're using the thing gracefully. You want to see some good, graceful Batleth use? Sure. Is this on YouTube? I'm sure you can get it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I will find a link. Okay. And I, I will find a link that we'll put up or, you know, we'll find yeah. a link or two. I'll watch it. Um, maybe maybe even, like, some people that have made their own bat lifts or that own their own and that have done some cool stuff. But Michael Dorn. Star Trek fans. Who played. Well, yeah, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Dorn, who played Worf, became really good at the bat lift in uh, Next Generation. And some of the scenes, episodes like Redemption, which we've talked about, Mm -hmm. he gets in a bat lift battle and it's cool as heck. And we got an all-out bat lift battle coming in Deep Space Nine a little later on. On your track. This this one you can totally kind of forgive because he is the old master. Like, if if he's a little, like, plus... Was he the drunk one? I had a, I did. I'm going to be honest. You lost track. I had a hard time of who was who. Uh, okay. Core, Core is the drunk one. Yes. He's fun. He's the one who lives. And he's the one who lives. Correct. And, yes. And we will see him one more time. Koloth. Yes. From Trouble with Tribbles. Okay. Was the one who didn't have the extra cool voice and he was kind of there. He was yes. He was the Dahar. Okay. He was the Dahar master that was, right. that he's snuck the, into Odo's office, that fought Jadzia, and then was like, "Ugh, I don't have time for you." Yes, because you're drunk. Yes. Okay, and then it was Kang. Kang, thank you. Kang. Kang's the one. Very cool voice. Totally recognize the voice. Have no idea who the actor is, but I know he was on Day of the Dove. Michael Ansara. Because you mentioned that. Yep. Um, and he's the one who actually makes the deal with the albino. Yes. And he's like, I'm prepared to die because that's what's going to happen anyway. So I might as well try, even though I'm pretty sure I'm going to die anyway. But he gets to kill the albino. But he ends up being the one to kill the albino, which is really cool. And I do say gets to kill. Well, he does get to kill him, right? Like, because Jadzia sort of tees him up. Or does Jadzia tee him up or is she that indecisive and doesn't want to deal with the consequences? And he lets her off the hook by saying, you let me have that. You tell me. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You can read it however you want to. Read it however you want. But... I chose to read it as she was extremely indecisive, and that also made me extra, like, nah. She, this is a Western. She should have pulled the freaking trigger. See, isn't that interesting? Because when you're I, in a duel. I, I totally saw her teeing him up for- Really? Yes. Okay. I, I never once saw her waver. Really? 
In that moment, yeah. Really? I saw her, okay. Yeah. I saw her basically, you know, get that eye-to-eye thing and... Um. Yeah. I. I. If If Kang hadn't been able to do it, I totally think she would have killed him. And that's just my speculation. We'll never know. We. We won't. Maybe it's supposed to be that way. However, uh, do you remember way back when at the beginning of this episode when you asked me the the killing question? Was it murder? Yeah. Well, you asked me. Well, but then you asked me after that. After after so lovely sidestep. I know. Well, hey, you know that's what I do. Yeah. So. Was it murder? Could these four have gone to any kind of trouble to bring the albino to justice within a court system? Because he did murder babies or children, or at least I don't, I'm assuming they were children because they're referred to as godson, but that doesn't mean they couldn't have been like 50 when he killed them, now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't. We don't have enough information from this episode on that, but it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't he, matter. He, he's, yeah. he's a murderer. Yes, he's but a murderer. But what you do with murderers is you put them on trial, and then the court system handles that. That's why justice is the way it is. Mm-hmm. What do you think Klingon justice would be? Well, apparently Klingon justice is a blood oath. There you so, go. Well, but if that's the case, then it's not murder. However, I've seen Klingon courts, and they do have them. Yes. So is the blood oath a thing that happened because the courts are corrupt is the blood oath a thing that happens because the courts are like yeah go get him guys the blood oath feels very traditional to me it feels very old school klingon and these sure. are old school klingons and she jadzia mm-hmm. technically learned about klingon culture in the old school klingon way okay was it expected is it expected that if you go you find a criminal you go into their home, you have the opportunity to kill them, but you stay your hand. Is it expected that you're going to take that to a court? Because if it's expected from your culture, then it's murder if you kill them. If it's not, if the blood oath is essentially their court system, then it's not murder. I'm almost positive it's... Boy, redemption is just like... From from the next generation is just like turning into a focal point for this episode. Yeah. I didn't realize how much redemption would have been helpful because should have watched it. I know it was recommended however many times. I've recommended so it a bunch many. of times. Uh, but you got to move on. You got to move on. You'll get to, I'm sure you'll no, get to see it. No, instead I point. watched If Wishes Were Horses. Right, that's good. So good. I'm glad you get to see that one. Uh, and Spock's brain too. You threw that one in there at some point. <laughs> and I, yeah, I managed to watch Spock's brain, but not Day of the Dove. So, but not Day of the anyway, Dove, that yes. was my thoughts on that. So, I do think the Federation is a little bit prissy about this particular thing, or Cisco's interpretation of it. What I was going to say, because I was going to mention, so so in the Klingon court, at one point, Worf is is given the life of basically his enemy. Okay, see, that totally fits. That fits. He is given the life, and, and that is with the assumption that he is going to take it. But because he's the best Klingon of them all. He spares it. Oh. And then they say, no, you can't do that. It falls to your brother now. And, brother, and, and Worf says, no, you gave me his life and I spared it. And that's how it's going to be. Gotta love Next Generation. See, I'm inclined to believe that this wasn't murder at all. 
I don't think this was murder. I think this was I think this was vengeance between two small but still warring parties, warring factions, and both sides had committed atrocities against each other and both sides had said that we're going to keep on attacking and both sides were ready for it. Everyone except Jadzia. Well, Jadzia was ready for it too. She just didn't know it was coming until she was she showed up late in the game. She's the young gun. She's the young hotshot that came in and, by the way, made the difference in the final battle. Well, yeah, because these guys were like, let's go in with our knives to this phaser battle. (laughs) Right. It's a good day to die. They're like, yeah, but you don't have to. They're like, we're going to anyway. Wasn't that interesting, the constant conversation about um, uh, that Kang had of we're going to die, we're going to die, and her finally calling him out and saying, I have no intention of dying. Well, the difference between if you're given this much life or if you if everything is still ahead of you or if you believe that everything is still behind you that was kang was i'm done it was like these are the this is the last the our last debt and we're either gonna we're either gonna get this debt paid or we're gonna die trying was the albino klingon it doesn't really matter i was just curious i don't know what the albino was it was a very strange looking thing he doesn't even get a name the the albino i think is is his name (laughs) He doesn't need it. He's the bad guy. He's in a Western. Pretty much, right? He's the albino. Again, the minute Kang walked in and said, I found the albino, I'm like, cool, let's go kill him. There has been something that you mentioned that at the end I thought was going to happen that did not happen. So way, way long time ago, you brought up the fact that when Klingons die, whoever's standing there gives a battle cry. I know. And do you know what I got instead of that? Um... A song? Singing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just had to bring that up because I was just like, yep, that's a thing. At least it, it didn't go on. It was nice. I didn't mind the singing on this one. I, okay I, didn't. The I just thought it was funny. I was. It didn't go on that long, you'll notice. No, it did not go on that long. But what about, like, there was no battle cry. There was... Or warrior death cry. What is it called? The, is the, there a word? Where they, the, yeah, where the, the Klingon death chant, the death ritual, where they, yeah, where they scream. And you're right, they didn't do it. Um, old school Klingons don't do it. Um, I missed saying it. I don't know. And I'm trying to think if in Way of the Warrior, which is coming up for us soon, if they do it there. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to, I'll have to make sure that you get to see that because watch Redemption. Okay. I'm sure it'll happen in Redemption. It probably will. I'll have to watch Redemption. And I did. I had every intention of watching Day of the Dove, and it just got super busy this week. So uh, it's what it is. Well, you can go back and watch it. I did go back and watch it. It's it's a it's a cool, interesting episode of original series. It get Like I said, it gets a little rapey. Chekhov gets a little rapey. But he gets the snot beat out of him by Kirk for it. I have one more thing that I wanted to discuss with you about this. What was your one more thing? <sighs> We're going to have to talk about Cisco. Yeah. Okay. Me too. That's the last note on my, on my list too. Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin. Don't make me disobey a direct order, Benjamin. He is the most compromised non-captain that I have granted. I've only seen two thus far, Hmm. but even so every single time he could take a stand and say, this is what I mean, this is the rule, he doesn't. This one in particular uh, made me think of, oh gosh, 
the name of the episode where, well, how come I can think of Cole Meany, but I can't think of... O'Brien. O'Brien. The one with the hunter and the hunted alien, and that's Captive what he was Pursuit. made for. In Captive Pursuit, he does a very similar thing where he totally comprehends. He's like, these are the rules. JK, I let this one slide. Same thing here. These are the rules. Just kidding, we're going to let it slide. Yeah, he does. He lets the rules slide a lot, doesn't he? He does. And not like in small ways, in really big ways. Yeah, he let uh, he let Jadzia go off and essentially, from his perspective, go on a, a, a quest to, at the very least, commit an act of vengeance, if not commit an act of murder. And then... At the end, all he does is gives her a look and then turns around and walks away as though we're going to pretend this didn't happen. And that was a seriously missed opportunity because I think had she gone in there and instead of looking like a kid who's trying to sneak into a class when there's a test going on, if she'd gone in and gone straight to him and said something along the lines of, we really should talk. I'd I'd really like to talk to my friend right now. They will have those kinds of conversations, and you're right. There wasn't, it didn't happen here, and it should have. It would have been nice to, even if they had just shown the two of them walk into his office and close the door and ended it there. Yes. Do you didn't, you wouldn't even need a line. Yes. That would have been, that would have been enough. If we see her back at the station next time, whatever they talked about got handled whatever we don't need to know what was said but it got yeah it got worked through that there was consequence at least in any kind of way she doesn't kill the guy she doesn't get any consequences for running off away from her job like something this was this i think was what made it lose all of its teeth as a western the thing that makes in my opinion westerns really great is you have the guy he's determined he does the thing he says he's going to do, and he knows he's going to pay the price, and then he does pay the price. Everything is exactly what it's supposed to be. Well, she's the sidekick gunslinger in, in, in your scenario of Western here, but she's flawed, and the sidekick gunslinger isn't supposed to be the flawed one. They're supposed to be the one that powers through. And she got she got ethical. And this is where it got Star Trek morals involved in the changes yeah. the equation a little. Yeah. So I I mean and, and I I liked that. I liked the character development and the stuff that she had to deal with. Uh it but it totally ruined the western vibe of this story. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, Cisco Cisco is still finding himself. I think he just has too much hair. Oh, is that <laughs> all right? <laughs> Once he shaves his head, things will things will start to lock in place. And it's true. Right. You're, you're right. Cisco's a little. He's still. There's a lot of rule breaker in him, and and I wouldn't mind that if he didn't pretend not to be that. I guess. Well, he still has to play the role. Then make it clear that he that he's not the. Make it clear that he's not Picard. Are you not clear that he's not Picard? He's still pretending to be. In all of these moments, the writers are giving him this Picardness, but we all know that he's not. So why are you doing that? Why is he even pretending to be that? Which ah. makes it makes the Federation itself seem like a prissy pants joke. I got that. And all of this is completely based on just everything that I've seen thus far. And I know, I know what I'm going to get told is, oh, but you haven't seen yet, which is fair. I haven't. We should talk some Trek. Yes. So we were talking about Cisco and Federation. 
Yes. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just keep on talking about that. So, um, Cisco is, I find it funny that you've, that you still don't see a difference between Cisco and Picard. Of course you see a difference between Cisco and Picard. You might be right. They're still trying to write the model captain a little bit. And then they put in these little, these little asides. You're going to get to see him. Uh, we're going to, we're going to be doing a Cisco heavy episode coming up. We're there okay. now. Yay. Early, early, early Cisco was still trying to figure himself out. So your track has been uh, uh, deep space nine. Your track is divided into thirds. Okay. The first, the first third, which we've already completed. That was emissary progress and duet. That was setting the stage introducing the characters, getting the situation. Yes. The second third, which is um, Rules of Acquisition, the one we're doing now, Blood Oath, and next week's episode, and I'll even mention the name here, Crossover, next week's episode, we're playing in this universe. These are all the kinds of stories that they told. And then the third third is building up to when we meet the Dominion and what happens going forward. This trading consortium thing this trading consortium that, that's that, all that i know thus far. is trying to buy some tulip berry from for yes yeah. so all we know about them right now we'll learn more about them in a couple episodes uh and then i just because uh, a dessert is on the horizon i will have a dessert episode of just something that is too much fun to not have at the very end oh my god i'm so hungry right now <laughs> you're gonna love this then this, this, I have been looking forward to this episode for you for about six months now. Oh, wow. Okay. I have been thinking about this episode. I, we're, oh, God, we're so close. We're so close. <laughs> Cisco is still trying to find himself. You're right. And he will, in the, not the next, the next episode, you're barely going to see Cisco. Well, you're going to see Cisco. You're just not going to see the Cisco that you are used to. We have a Mirror Universe episode then. Hey, how about that? Hey. You guessed it already. Uh, I don't even have to like bring up all this stuff. Uh, but after that, we'll have a, a, a couple of very Cisco-heavy episodes. Okay. And this is where he starts to be the, the commander that I've been talking about. Right. Not this, are you, aren't you? Because it, it really, it does feel like he's compromising himself. We haven't really had a Cisco-heavy episode yet, have we? You know what we haven't had at all is a Bashir. Is like... Does the doctor Next just week. get ignored in, because I feel like maybe this was just my track and I didn't get to see it, but I feel like Crusher got a little bit ignored too. Um, it was your track okay. a little bit with Crusher. There, there are some good episodes and it was just hard to fit Every, too much of her in. Sure. And I think I gave you a couple of, of Remember Me. If you haven't seen Remember Me yet, I'll throw that one back out there for you as a great Crusher episode. But Sheer's a little bit like that too. He's... Just kind of a side character. <laughs> at, at first. Oh, for hey. the first couple of seasons, he's going to have the same finding himself stuff. They did the stuff with Dax, and he's being a little bit oversexed and being a little bit over, over zealous with his language. And he's almost kind of annoying in the first couple of seasons is what I've discovered. <laughs> you sound like you're hesitant to say this. Be strong. Bashir's a dillweed. <laughs> Well, he starts out as a dillweed. Okay. Um, so did Jane. So there you go. There you go. Yes, he did. Um, but but 
Bashir will have some really cool. He'll get involved with Section Thirty One, which is I don't know a whole about another plot line that we're not even going to talk about right now. It's a whole other thing. Okay. Um, he gets involved with uh, a group. Uh, he has a storyline that talks about um, genetic enhancing. Oh, okay. That'll be interesting. Should I spoil it right now? Oh, what the heck? Since we're not going to be doing a ton of of Bashir stuff. Okay. Um. Turns out uh, he was Bashir was illegally genetic, genetically enhanced. Okay. So basically, all the the laws that came out after the war with Khan and all the people from the you know from the the twenty first century the eugenics right, right. wars. Yeah. Uh, he is a product of uh, the no nos that you're not supposed to do because of that, and he is one. So. Uh, he will in the in his future. He's certainly not Khan, so that'll be interesting to see how they play that. No, but he's hyper intelligent, far more than he lets on, and his dexterity is significantly better than he lets on. Uh, he plays a lot of darts with O'Brien. Turns out he's been letting him win for a long time. Okay, uh, interesting. I want to. I want to know the the writers that couldn't have been intentional at the start. I don't think so. But who knows? I don't know. Well, as long as it makes it good, I don't mind people retroactively going in and making things interesting. It, it, Why not? It certainly adds to his character in some unique ways. He has to deal with the, the politics of it and a lot of people that think that he shouldn't be alive or around um, because he's... Yeah, I'd hide that too. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have to. <laughs> what I, I want to hear what you got on the Batleth because I know that you're a super hardcore hardcore Klingon fan. I love the Batleth. It's awesome. So the Batleth or Sword of Honor. Okay. That's what it literally translates to? It translates to Sword of Honor. Yes. So it is the traditional Klingon weapon, the the traditional Klingon sword. And Batleth is a, a, you know, I mean, it's a contraction. The first Batleth was created by Kalish the Unforgettable in the ninth century of Klingon history. Okay. Kalish, the, the, he's kind of like the, the first, he's like Adam almost of oh, okay. the Klingon culture, I guess you could say. Okay. Pluck, plucked a hair from his head, thrust it into the lava of a volcano, and then put it into a lake, and then twisted it into a blade, which he forged into the Batleth, which he named Sword of Honor and then used to slay his enemies. I want hair that does that. Cool, right? (laughs) The episode Rightful Heir from the Next Generation. Mm -hmm. Rightful Heir was Next Generation sixth season, episode 23. And in that, we will meet Kalish uh, himself. He will, he will. Oh, time travel? He, no, not time travel. Oh. He appears to Worf in what appear what he, we think is a vision, but turns out to be the second coming of the Klingon Messiah. Whoa! Rightful heir. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, and that's does the episode that make where Worf he, Joseph or Mary? Well, it certainly gives gives Worf an interesting crisis of conscience because he was already searching at, at this point for who he is as a Klingon, and then. Kalish shows up right in front of him. Wow. So, and by the way, all you Trekkies out there who think that I'm not saying it right, it's pronounced Kalish, not Kalis, 
Kalish. What you seem like this is really how do you what's the, what's the basis of this? It's spelled with an SS at the end. It's, it's not an SH, it's an SS, but it's pronounced Kalish. No, this is the way I get when people say uh, GIF instead of GIF. The, the file name. <laughs> okay, got it. Or they call it Joswede. Don't call him Josh. Did you call him Josh? I even said it right. <laughs> I meant to say Josh. Josh Whedon. I couldn't even say it wrong when I wanted to say it wrong. <laughs> that is the power. Damn it. So rightful heir. You'll 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 learn the story of the Batleth. You'll learn the story of of Kalish and and who he is, um, and what he's going to be going forward for the the next generation. Oh, and he also shows for up Deep in Space Deep Space Nine because. He's, okay. He sticks around. This messiah doesn't go away. <laughs> oh, those crazy Klingons, they're going to be big. Like you said, there's a war coming. How can we not have Klingons when there's a war coming? The Klingons seem like Cardassians too. I think they're going to jump into a war. Probably so. Because we had this wonderful Dax episode, I wanted to bring in a couple of new Dax a few episodes, a few um, recommendations. I already mentioned Playing God. Uh, it's the second season, 17th episode. Dax interviews a prospective Trill host. For someone else. <laughs> For someone else. Yes. For someone else. Um, and this poor guy, this poor kid, is just at the mercy of Dax hazing this guy a little bit while he learns what it's like to have to, you know, to, to, to potentially be a trill host. So good episode in episode four of season three equilibrium. Judzia discovers that she had another host or that Dax had another host that she had no memory of. And it turns Ooh. out that this host was a, was a serial killer. Whoa. Yeah. So there's some stuff going on there. How many hosts has this one had? Has Dax had? She thought she had eight, but I guess that would make it nine. Interesting. Okay. Yes. All right. And then, and then Facets, the episode Facets, which is also season three, episode 25. Notice I don't have us going into the fourth season yet. Yeah. Um, we're going to meet all of Dax's previous hosts, including the killer. Okay. And they, they do it in a very special trill ceremony where she they will be manifested in the bodies of her closest friends. So each of the characters will take on one of the personalities and she'll get to sit with them and talk to them. Cool. That sounds awesome. I, I like that. Very sci-fi. Fun episode. Now, there's some stuff at the beginning of season three that we haven't gotten to yet. And I haven't watched Facets to, to know yet. So... If you could hold off for two weeks on that one, I would appreciate <laughs> okay, okay. it. But I just don't know. I don't know if there's any spoilers in there or not, but we're close enough now if that was one that you wanted to see. Okay. So there you go. And then I have one more episode to recommend. Okay. Before we get to next week. And that episode is uh, about a character that you have not seen much of on this track, but I think you've met. Elam Garrick. The tailor. This is, yeah, he's the one, the spy you keep talking about. The Cardassian tailor, right, yes, or a spy. Yeah. Bashir thinks he's a spy, who knows? Well, episode tw 22 of the second season is called The Wire. And if uh, you want to know a lot about Garrick, and I'd suggest if you want to know more about this character before you watch Crossover, which is the 23rd episode, which we'll mm -hmm. be talking about in a minute, the 22nd episode is uh, a lot about about Garrick and okay. who he's been. 
great backstory and gives you who he really is. So cool. there you go. I have to say that the second you put the wire yeah, and you say that, I think like, this is kind of like, although I've gotten really good at not thinking Kardashian when I hear Kardashian. Oh. So that's, I feel like this is good. Good. Yeah. You're starting to make the, different associate, completely different association. There now. you go. Instead of you've gotten past that joke that everybody does when they first, you gotta, you gotta make it once. Right. Just be like, okay, nod your head and get over it. Okay, so we have reached that part of the show where we talk about next week. I think we should do that then. Then we should Tell do that. Tell me what I'm going to be uh, watching. Okie dokie. So next week, I already mentioned the name of the episode. I mentioned, and, and you like crossover. right there, you already guessed it. So yeah, the name of the episode is Crossover. The reminder from the original series, you notice how much I'm doing original series callbacks in your Deep Space Nine track? There's a lot. You're, it's lucky we watched this. It's lucky we watched Mirror Mirror. We didn't just start with some random, just because you wanted to kind of episode. It's like you were intentional. It's crazy. But for those of you that haven't seen Mirror Mirror, go back and watch it from the original series. Spock has a beard. We go to an alternate universe. Turns out that the bearded Spock is a little on the evil side, and so are all the people over in the, the alternate universe. And we we make our way back. But Kirk and Spock had a nice little conversation in the transporter room where Kirk said, you can be the captain of this enterprise. Oh, yeah. You could do some good in this universe. Because logically, it would be better if you did. So this episode features Kira and Bashir. Okay. And you've already guessed that it takes place in the Mirror Universe. And you've got everything that you need to know about it. So I'm going to sit back and let you try and predict what you think is going to happen in the Mirror Universe of Deep Space Nine. Does Leonard Nimoy show up? Uh, no, no. Leonard Nimoy does not show up in this episode. Okay. Kira and Bashir, uh, are they going to be the ones who are evil or are they going to be dealing with the ones who are evil? I think they're going to be the ones who stay the same, which means they cross over because, you know, Star Trek. So in some <laughs> random uh, techno babble slash space babble way, they are going to cross over into the mirror universe Oh, but what happens when they do? Of course, they want to come back, but they have to run into like all of their evil counterparts of Deep Space Nine. Oh, I want to see Quark as an evil. I don't know. I mean, I mean aside from they're going to deal with evil versions of other people and they're going to be trying to get home. I don't know other story elements. It's a little difficult since you don't know what's going on over there. And you've... Like I got... Yeah, it's hard to come up with an idea. Um, Bashir is going to hit on himself. And Kira is going to get into a fight with herself. Mm. I think that's what's going to happen in the Mary universe. I got that. <laughs> got that. I can't wait to have the conversation about that prediction next week. All I right. really can't wait to have that conversation. That I will be. <laughs> I will I be wish, watching. I this. wish I could say you were one hundred percent wrong, but you weren't one hundred percent wrong. All right. There's some stuff you said in there that had me um, excited about next week. <laughs> God, I hope it's Kira fighting with herself. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to be watching this on Mother's Day. So that's May 13th, 7 p.m. That's a Sunday, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Awesome. May 13th. Tweeting. Oh, this. Yes, I'll, I'll be watching and tweeting about my reactions. So if you follow at Begin the Trek, that one's kind of important because nobody cares if I'm just like sitting down and watching it. But if you can tweet me back, woo, I love having conversations on there. 
There you go. Yeah, you can also uh, watch the tweets on our Facebook page at Beginning the Trek, and you can also pick them up on our webpage at www.beginningthetrek.com. So once that stuff posts, which will be Wednesday, every Wednesday morning. So um, we're 32 episodes done and headed into the Mirror Universe again, and maybe not for our last time in your Trek either. Shocking. You shock me. Well, the the Mirror Universe is a thing. It's a fun playground. We may as well. We may as well explore it a little bit. So enjoy crossover. All right. We will talk about it next week. And we'll see you next week. Moron. Moron. <laughs> well, we have our button now. I wasn't saying moron, guys. I was saying more on, as in more on it. Yeah. Not less on it. And then I chose insensitive use of the moron and then put a stupid voice on it that made me sound, I don't know, like... You don't have to explain yourself. We get it. <laughs> Why do I do these things to myself sometimes? Good fun. Good fun.